Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is Apostle Nicole Reddick with Converting Souls International Ministries. This is the final teaching on the birth, the Son revealed. The birth, the Son revealed. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that you touch down on your people and you speak to us and you feed us with your word the food that is convenient for us i thank you for your love in the birthing of your son into the world i thank you that we can celebrate him even though he's living in heaven we still celebrate and remember his birth and so I pray, God, that you will open up the hearts and the minds of your people, that they may see the importance of his birth, that they may understand that he is the Savior of the world, your only begotten Son, your beloved in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We're the birth, the re the son revealed for. Luke, the second chapter. We've been coming out of Luke. I can't see. Luke, the second chapter. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This is the time that census started in the world. Taxes started around the birth of Christ. And his taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone unto his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David. Here we are. Joseph, because he was of the lineage of David, he had to be taxed from where he was born. And he was born in Bethlehem. Let's go to 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter. He was born in Bethlehem.
First Samuel, the 16th chapter, the first verse. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul? His time is over. Stop mourning for that which is over. Stop mourning, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. His time is over. When is your time over? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. The Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king among his sons. When the sun sets on one person's time, it's time for another. Let go. Let go. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peace peaceably? So here we have in the town of Bethlehem, one God is choosing to be a king. And we've been learning about this lineage of David. And we learned last week and the week before from the first week that David was of the house of Jesse. That was his father. Jesse was a Bethlehemite, and a Bethlehemite is one who was born in Bethlehem and raised. So verse 13, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from the day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. And then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Bethlehem is an important piece in the birth of Christ. In the birth of Christ, we have to see the important relevance from its beginning the principality. We must understand that this isn't a war on his birth. This isn't a war that we war with for the principality. It is the beginning of all things. So Jesse, God choosing David to anoint him king after Saul. The sun has set. It is time for David to rise, but it wasn't his quite time yet. Saul had to finish his reign. But the anointing of David was in preparation for when he took over. That's who God really chose. 
That's who God really chose. So then, with this city of Bethlehem, John, the seventh chapter. John, the seventh chapter. John, the seventh chapter, the 40th verse. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Shall Christ come out of Galilee? But where did he really come from? He came from Bethlehem. He was born in Bethlehem. He was just raised in Galilee. You got to understand you can be born one place but raised another. He was born in Bethlehem as the prophecy came forward. But he was raised in Galilee. Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? How many of them forgot where his birth was? So there was a division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. We've got to understand the prophecy was fulfilled and we can't forget what happened at his birth. The prophecy was of the birth, not where he was raised. The man, Christ, was born in Bethlehem, just like prophesied. He is a Bethlehemite, the son of the living God. Psalms 132. Psalms 132. For thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of thine anointed. He said, for thy servant David. We learned last week or the week before in this month that God said, even if they sin against me, because of my covenant with their father David, I will not move from that lineage. Christ will be born. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of the body will I set upon my throne. He says, thine anointed, thine anointed 
Christ's name means anointed. He is the anointed one. Thine anointed. It is the fruit of thy body. And I have set my throne upon it. Luke 1, 42. Elizabeth, she gave praise to Mary. I mean, unto God for Mary in Luke chapter 1. And what did she say to Mary? She said, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. It's coming from the seed of David. It's the fruit of his womb. It's the fruit of his womb. Through Mary the virgin. Christ the anointed one. Acts 2.30. Acts 2.30. Therefore being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him. That the fruit of his loins according to the flesh. He would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. The anointed one. We're talking about the Bethlehemites here. Therefore, being a prophet, David was a prophet. He wasn't only king. And I don't know if you never knew that. But he was both prophet and king, anointed by God. The spirit of the Lord was upon him, and he was made the natural king. We have both in Christ, the spiritual and the natural king. Why? Because he came in the flesh of men, and he reigned in the spiritual realm. But he would not take the position that David took, because his position was in the heavenlies. His position was with God. And that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. The anointed one. If you don't know anything about Christ, and that being his name, understand that it means anointed. And what also means anointed but Messiah? The Messiah had arrived on the scene. He was just in his babe stage. The Christ, the son of the living God. In verse 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know, assuredly, you've got to be assured. You've got to understand and know without a shadow of a doubt. He was assured that God had made this same Jesus, this same Christ, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Jesus, he is. You have to have this assurance. You've got to be sure. You've got to know without a shadow of a doubt that this man, Jesus, that you have accepted as Lord and Savior, this man, Jesus, is both Lord and Christ. He's Lord and Christ. He's Lord and Christ. He's Lord and Christ. Luke, going back to Luke, let's return to 
our main scriptures here. Luke, the second chapter, the seventh verse. Matter of fact, starting from verse five, because we stopped at four. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. So here, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And we should remember from last week, the ninth month, it's the finality. It's the time for the birthing, the opening of the womb. It is time. It is the ninth month. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. I in in. Luke 2 7. He's talking about the firstborn son, the one who opened the womb of Mary, the first fruits of his womb, of her womb. We've got to understand the importance of this first fruit, this firstborn son. Hebrews, the first chapter. Hebrews, the first chapter. For unto which the angels said he at any time, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. This day have I begotten thee, my son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. Let all the angels of God worship him. This first begotten son into the world. He said, let all the angels worship him. And we understand that in the beginning, we're going to go back to where the angels worshiped in Luke. But first, let's look at this in Revelation. We've got to understand that Christ has been worshipped and is being worshipped because he is living. He too is the God of the living and not of the dead. We've got to understand our Lord. We've got to understand our Christ. We've got to understand the King, the absolute ruler, the potentate one. We've got to understand he that liveth forever and ever. Revelations, the fourth chapter. Now here we have, let all the angels. Do you remember the teaching on the angels this month? Why? Because they were an important part in the, the fulfillment of the prophecy of the birth of Christ. Now we hear, we understand that they are not one of nature but of office 
that we have elders just like in the church just like in heaven there are elders and i want you to understand that elders play a particular part in the worship of christ the angels they are one of the leaders that lead the other angels into worship revelation 4 4 and in this we understand that he is the the elders are the second to worship the almighty and they're clothed in white raiment I saw four and 20 elders sitting clothed in white raiment and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Crowns of gold. Down to verse 10. And the four and 20 elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and then at this point, they're talking about God Almighty. In verse 3, it describes his throne in him. And then it says, they fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. We have an everlasting God. We have an everlasting God. El Olam. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. For Your pleasure, Lord. For Your pleasure we were created. For Your pleasure. They had the white raiment. And they bowed, worshiping and praising God, telling him he is worthy. The elders in the midst, Revelation 5. Jesus sits in the midst of the elders, Revelation 5. And here they are the first to praise Jesus. We've got to understand these numbers mean something. You always will see an elder praising God. The elders sit in the midst and they praise him. Five, five. And one of the elders said unto me, weep not. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, the root of David. Is not this a part of the prophecy of the birth of Christ? Understanding where he came from. He is the root of David. He is the branch. He prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld and lo in the midst of the throne and the four beasts and in the midst of the elders so here it is the root of david he's sitting in the midst of the throne the root of david he's sitting in the midst of the elders the root of david and there stood a lamb as it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of god sent forth into all the earth you got to understand those eyes 
That's how Christ knows everything. That's how God knows everything. He has seven eyes that sit in his midst of his stomach. And he sends them forth to all the earth. They are the seven spirits of God. Never get them confused with the Holy Ghost. But they are the seven spirits of God. We're talking about the root of David. And he came and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on a throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders, they fell down before the lamb, having every one of them a harp and golden vials full of odors with all the prayers of the saints, the bishops, the elders, the angels in heaven that sit around the throne of God that lead us in the congregations of the people in the earth. The earth is a, a, a replica of heaven and we've got to understand where the church is placed. The church is placed amidst around where the glory of God comes in and he comes in and he comes in and he dwells among us and we've got to understand when the presence of God is there the angels are near especially the cherubim they come with God and he don't come by himself he comes with his angels But this is in heaven and the Lamb, where John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. The Lamb, here it is in heaven. He's not dead. You don't worship nothing dead when it comes to God. He is living. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and out of every tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of what? Many angels. Now he's left the four and twenty elders now he's going to the other angels. Some of them are messengers. Some of them are messengers. And they stand round about the throne and the beast and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands of thousands. God's got a heavenly host. He is the Lord of hosts. And saying with a loud voice, worship worthy is a lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Our God, our lamb is worthy. He is so worthy. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power. He be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Can we say amen to the glory of God? Can we say amen to the worship of God? Can we say amen?
Revelations, the 22nd chapter, we're talking about the root of David. His anointed one, God's anointed one. Revelations 22, 16. He says, I, Jesus, this is the Lord Jesus speaking, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. He wants you to understand he is the root and the offspring of David. The one God made the covenant that no matter what his seed did, the covenant was with him and his house. And his throne shall reign forever and ever. And through Christ, this prophecy is fulfilled. He reigns, he reigns, and he reigns. Revelations, the seventh chapter, the ninth verse. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the lamb. They stood before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cry with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and to the lamb. We better learn how to worship God here. Because of the Lamb and God, there is worship in heaven. And, I, and this is a teaching. Don't care about what other people think. They don't know you. In your heart, you've got to learn to worship God. Some of them give him lip service. It's an hour show. He wants the heart service. You've got to worship God. And they cried, and they cried, and all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and four, the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, Amen to you, Lamb, Amen, blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever, Amen. And one of the angels. And so this, the Bible says, let all the angels worship him from Hebrews. The root of David, the son of the living God. That's why for men, 
They had to be circumcised because that's who God chose in leadership. It is the firstborn, which is why Mary's firstborn son had to be Christ. And she was a virgin. No man touched her, but the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. God Almighty birthed his own son through his spirit. Exodus, the 29th chapter. Let's understand the firstborn, the first begotten. Now, this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar. Two lambs of the first year. The first. The number one. The first. The first year. The first. The first. There's something about the one. It's the beginning. It's the principal thing. It's the source, it's the commencement, the first. We've got to understand this one, this firstborn, whom God chooses. So here it is, the lambs. We just got finished talking about God's lamb, the human flesh, in spirit and in truth. Jesus was the lamb of God. And still is, and he lives, the only lamb that came back to life. The only lamb. And the one lamb thou shalt offer in the morning, and the other lamb thou shalt offer in the evening. Let's talk about this lamb. Here you had two. Jesus was only one. And here it says, in the morning, like the morning, the birth, the birth of Christ, lamb number one, John the Baptist recognized him. He said, behold, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. The light, the morning has come. He is the bright and morning star, the lamb of God. And you can find where John said it. A couple of chapters over in Luke. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world, the firstborn, the first begotten of Mary, the leader. Number one was significant, and it still is. Now let's talk about the evening. The evening. Both lambs were sacrificed. Jesus, going with me to Luke. We're talking about the evening. The Luke, Luke one forty four. Uh-oh, that's wrong. Luke 21. Luke 21. Luke. Luke 23, 44. 
Luke 23, 44. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth. And even until the ninth hour, the evening, the time of his death, the darkness, the evening, and the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. The sacrifice had been complete. He's on the cross. The sacrifice in the evening. The Lamb of God, which tooketh away the sins of the world. The Lamb, the Lamb is on the cross. He's being sacrificed unto God. The Lamb, the Lamb, the Lamb. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. He gave up the ghost, but he commanded into the hands of God. That's a powerful thing. On the death of the cross. Genesis, the 22nd chapter. Genesis, the Lamb of God. In his birth and in his death. The firstborn, Genesis 22. The eighth chapter, and Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. You've got to understand, God provided the lamb. God provided his son. God provided the the Savior. God provided Jesus. God provided Christ, the anointed one. God provided the lamb for us. He provides the lamb for you and me. He provides the way of escape for the penalty of our sins. He provided the lamb. The lamb. The firstborn of Mary. The lamb. The root of David. We've got to understand this. The Lamb, he had his position with God. It is a spiritual kingdom in an earthly manifestation. It had to be of the household that he chose of David. He was the firstborn of Mary's womb. And according to Jewish tradition, the household of God, every male of the first year, the firstborn son, the firstborn Lamb was Mary's seed, the fruit of her womb, the one that opened the way, the Holy One of Israel. He is the Holy One. And all throughout the Old Testament, every time you see Holy One, I want you to think of the Lamb, the root of David. He's talking about the Christ, the Messiah. Every time you read it in the Old Testament, the Holy One is our God. The Holy One is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And if God called him God, it's all right for me to say God. Jesus Christ is Lord and God. Exodus, the 12th chapter. Let's see what God's saying about the household. Christ is the first.
firstborn in men and women as the household of God. We've got to understand why he had to father Mary. I mean, Jesus through Mary. Exodus 12, verse 3. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers. A lamb for a house. God's lamb was his son, born through the Virgin Mary, the firstborn that opened up the womb. He followed his own commandment he gave to the people, and we can't follow him? Follow him. He follows what he teaches. He gave us the lamb. It's the household of God Almighty. And in order for his household to come through the earth, he said, I'm bringing it through the root of David. Who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesse is the stem of David, but Christ is the root of David. And we've got to understand it. We've got to understand it. God worked by his commandments and how he reigned and ruled over the Jews. He brought his son birth as the firstborn of his household. Luke, the second chapter. The second chapter, the 23rd verse. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. He was holy to God. He was his beloved son. He is the lamb of God. He provided the lamb for us. And some of them rejected him. The Jews and then the Romans, the Gentiles, persecuted him and crucified him. But he was of the household of God, born the Son of God, the Son of Man, born of the Virgin Mary. The Holy One. The Holy One, every male that opened up the womb. See how God works. The firstborn male is holy. He followed his own rule with the Jews. The Holy One, that number one, the number one, the Holy One, the Holy One. The Holy One, 
The Holy One. Luke, the second chapter. The eighth verse. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. We've got to talk about the shepherds. First Peter 2.25 Jesus is the shepherd and bishop of our souls. It is important because here the angels appeared unto the shepherds first. That he appeared unto the shepherds and gave them a word. Sometimes we got to understand the word comes to the shepherd first. Jesus is the shepherd and bishop of our soul. The angels of the churches. God gives them the word first. And then they spread it abroad. And here we have the angel saying unto them. He said, I give them good tidings. I give them good tidings. Fear not. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born. This day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And he shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Here go the angels praising God at his birth. Isn't that what Hebrews said? And glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem. Out of Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord had made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning his child. The messengers of God, the angels, they come to the shepherds and release God's word. And then the, the shepherds proclaim it unto the people. We got to know the order of God. He comes to the shepherds. Christ, when you read it in the Bible, you've got to understand where he is called the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. That's 1 Peter. And 1 Peter 5, 4, he is the chief shepherd. He is the number one. And that is the bishop. When it comes to shepherds. They get the word from God, yet they are messengers themselves. God sends the angel to the messenger of the church, the angel of the church, the elder.
Christ is the sign. The birthing of a son, the Savior, the Lamb. Christ the Lord. And they found him just where the angels told them he would be. The heavenly host, we went over that praising God. They found the sign. They found the Messiah. They found the Christ. They found the newborn babe, the firstborn of Mary, the first fruit of God. They found him. They found him. You find them as the messengers of God release the message from God. You find them. He's the sign. He's the sign. You find him. You find him. You find him. You find him. You find the sign, you find him. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, some wonder at the things you say as a pastor, as a bishop, as an apostle, as an evangelist, as a preacher, as a teacher. They wonder at what you're saying. But we, as believers, we got to be like Mary. We've got to be like her. And, he, and she kept these things and pondered them in her heart. Other people may wonder, but you got to be like Mary. You got to keep these things. What are these things? And what does it mean to keep? It means to be kept, means to keep carefully. And what do you have to keep carefully? The messages of God through his angels. She kept Jesus saying. In Matthew 6, 20 to 21. In Genesis 37, 11, Joseph's father, he observed the sayings from the prophetic dream that God gave Joseph. He observed it. And what does it mean to observe? To retain it in your heart. You've got to retain this message in your heart. You've got to know the lamb that was born in Bethlehem. You've got to retain it. You've got to keep it close to your heart. These sayings were stored up. You've got to store up your treasures. You've got to store them up. Matthew, the sixth chapter. We got to retain these things. It says, Jesus is teaching, he's saying, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt corrupt and neither thieves do break through and steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also so mary's treasure was in the things that the angels were saying and if you know anything about angels they bring messages from god he an angel gabriel brought a message to mary the first time now the angels are coming back and they're speaking to the people and she's 
and she is keeping it in her heart and she's pondering in it the heart, the soul, and the spirit, the heavenly place in man. Are you staring? Are you staring? Are you storing up the treasures of the Bible, the prophecies, the dreams of prophecies, the angelic tidings? Are you storing up the treasures of the word of God that comes to you through your pastor? Are you storing up the treasures of the word of God that comes through the prophets? Are you storing up the treasures of the word of God that comes through the bishops? Are you storing up the treasures of the word of God that comes through the apostles? Are you storing up? Are you keeping them close? Are you pondering them in your spirit? Your heavenly place. That's where God comes in. The Holy Ghost don't just dwell on the outside. He goes on the inside into that heavenly place. This heavenly place in you, your spirit and your soul. Luke, sec, the second chapter, the 20th through the 20th verse. And this is the final end. The final end. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. You got to ponder what the angels are telling you, the elders and the bishops of your churches. You've got to ponder what you hear when the preachers are preaching. You've got to ponder what you hear. You've got to store them up in the treasures of your heart and your spirit and your soul. The heavenly place, the altar of God in you. You've got to store up. Now, to finish on the birth of Christ, it had not been accomplished yet. On the eighth day, for the, the first male, he had to be circumcised. Circumcised of the child, his name was given. It wasn't given till the eighth day. His name called Jesus. The angel told Mary what to call him, but he couldn't do it until the day of circumcision. She couldn't do it. Her and Joseph couldn't do it, just like John and Elizabeth. The eighth day, what shall your child be called? The son, the birth, the son revealed. This son now is Jesus, the Savior, the Christ, the Lamb. Verse 30 says, And he came, and here it is, Simeon. He's in the church where they're giving offering for Christ.
and in offering a sacrifice, not Christ, for the firstborn of Mary. They're taking him to the temple, and he, he they see Simeon. And he was a just and devout man waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed. Here we are talking about the Son revealed. The birth of Jesus Christ. The Son revealed. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for what his, his custom after the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He said, now let me depart in peace. He understood the prophecy was fulfilled to him that he would not die. He would not leave this earth without seeing the Messiah born, without seeing Christ born, without seeing the consolation of Israel. He's Jesus Christ. And he has seen thy salvation. Here, another prophetess. Her name was Anna. Verse 36, she was the daughter of Phanuel and the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow for about four score and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. She coming in in that instance, giving thanks likewise, like Simeon, unto the Lord, and spake of him to all them that look for redemption in Jerusalem. They're looking for redemption in Israel. She has found the consolation of Israel. She has found Christ the Messiah, the newborn king. She has found God's son. And the Lord spake unto all of them that are looking for redemption. And what does redemption mean? They're looking for a deliverance. The greatest deliverer has been born. They're looking for deliverance. Deliverance in the salvation of Jesus. Jesus' name means Savior. We've got to understand him in his different names. You have Jesus. You have Christ. You have Lord. You have the Holy One. And you have the Lamb of God. You have the Lamb which is still living. The only sacrifice that raised from the dead. The only sacrifice that's still living. The newborn king, the son revealed through the Virgin Mary. And although God opened up her womb with the firstborn, she was still a virgin. Because she still yet had not had intimacy, intimate relations, due benevolence with her husband Joseph. 
The sun revealed. The sun revealed. The lamb. The Savior born into the world, God's firstborn. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. I pray that they ponder this word in their heart, that they keep it and store up the treasure. We've got to store up the words that you sent to us. We've got to store up what the angels speak to us on your behalf. We've got to store up, God. Help us to store up. Help us to keep and ponder and do. Help us, God. For even you do after what you've told the children of Israel to do. And we must follow after that which you carried with them to us. We must be doers like you a doer. We must be doer like all those that ponder and believe. Continue to move, God. Move in faith. Let them ponder this thing in their heart. Let them store it up as a treasure. That nobody can steal. It can't be corrupted. It can't rust away. The prophecies of your word the messages from your angels their words from you that we should ponder and keep thank you for fulfilling the season of time of his birth thank you for the lamb thank you for the living lamb thank you for the living christ thank you thank you and thank you holy and righteous is your name Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is glorious in all his ways. He is mighty and powerful. And we thank you for the Christ, the Son of the living God. We thank you, God, for your Son. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you for the Almighty we thank you for jesus for emmanuel we thank you that you are with us god and that even though you he was birthed in the earth and, and even though he was your lamb your final sacrifice and even though god you're still among us by your spirit you have not left us and we thank you for your power. And we thank you, Jesus. And we celebrate you this day. We celebrate you in this season. You are celebrated and loved. You are Jesus. You are, you are, you are. You are loved, God. We love you. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, we love you. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord.